Listening is cool and all, but watching gives you so much more. See the players' real-time reactions, flub-ups, and all the snark that intern Alan Smithy can dole out on the running commentary, only at Balderdash Academy's YouTube channel. The following podcast was recorded during the coronavirus pandemic. Audio qualities may vary among performers. Hello, welcome to Balderdash Academy. I'm your headmaster, Bob LeBlanc. Joining me, as always, is our faculty, head of home mech and wellness, Marie Stewart Harmon. Head of the English Language Arts Department, Molly McGill. Coach of the Balderdash Academy Dashers, Steve Corning. And our reigning champion, head of guidance, Nate Green. Our visiting professor today is Leonard Kimball, stand-up comic and president of the River Comics in Maine. Leonard's agreed to be the scorekeeper tonight. Our faculty members will compete for the coveted reigning champion banner. They'll perform a series of challenges. At the end of each challenge, Leonard will assign points to a competitor he feels most worthy. The points are arbitrary and can be given to anyone for any reason. At the end of the show... The faculty member with the highest point total will be named the reigning champion. Again, our current reigning champion is Mr. Nate Green. That sound means it is now time for a pop quiz. Our first pop quiz is from Professor Molly McGill, English Language Arts. Molly? Faculty, it is so great to see you today. Um, as we always do, I would like to start the meeting off with a pop quiz for the word of the day. I'm going to give you a word. Let me know what you think the correct definition of today's word is gone goozler. Again, today's word is gone goozler. Gone goozler. Gone goozler. Gone goozler. Marie. Um, uh, I, I have, I have studied, uh, birds significantly in my time and, uh, the gone goozler is the, is the, uh, the special part of the esophagus, esophagus next to the gizzard in a turkey. Thank you. Thank you, Marie, so much. It's a verb. No, it's a noun. It's definitely a noun. <laughs> Nate? It's actually a, uh, um, medical term. Uh, it, it describes a psychosis when you fake your own disappearance and and death in order to torture your current uh, spouse. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Really, really cool. Morbid. Um, and Mr. Steve Corning? I was trying to remember where I'd heard this term before, and then it just occurred to me. I heard this when I was traveling in the UK. Uh, this is what they refer to someone who imbibes a little bit too much at the pub and wakes up on the front steps the next morning. Gone oh, Goozler. Gone Goozler. <laughs> <laughs> oh. mm. Bob, do you have a... Uh, have... Well, yeah, I mean, obviously a Goozler is the old term for a sailor. So having gone Goozler, being a gone Goozler, means you went to be a sailor. Mm-hmm. Thank there you, you go. so much, faculty. Those are all really, really great. Leonard... We have Marie's uh, bird gizzard. 
We have uh, Nate's uh, spousal torture. We have Coach's drunken fellow. And then we have uh, Bob's gone. Goose. Uh, so I'm, I'm really familiar with getting drunk lately. So I think, I think Steve's answer was the, the best. Uh, I give a hundred points to, to Steve. Thank well you. Done. Wow. That's generous. Well done, coach. Um, faculty, just so you know, they were all very, very close, like maybe just a hair off. Mm-hmm. A gun is probably what a lot of us are doing right now as we're quarantined by ourselves. It's a person who stares at something for hours. Uh, <laughs> wow! There you uh, go. Gone goose. Can I give a bonus twenty points to Marie for actually giving the 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 uh, the former speech? It was a noun. Like, oh, great! Even <laughs> though I got it wrong at first. Thanks, Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was very well, good. Done. well done, Patrick. Thank you, Molly. Thank you for the word of the day pop quiz. Balderdash Academy. Welcome, Leonard Kimball. He is the uh, stand-up comic and the president of the River Comics out of Maine. Our logo. Leonard, welcome. Hey, Leonard. Thank you very much for having me. I'm I'm really excited to be part of this fun and uh, hope I can help out. Leonard, tell us about about the River Comics. Tell us about how you got into stand-up. Oh, uh, so I I took a stand-up comedy class uh, a couple years ago, put on by Don Hartill at... at, um, Lewiston Adult Ed and uh, made a bunch of friends and stuck with it and and we had a really fun graduation show at she doesn't like uh, who doesn't like ways it she doesn't like Guthrie's or who doesn't like mm. Guthrie's? Yeah, she doesn't she doesn't like Guthrie's wherever she is hopefully we'll find out <laughs> That's she she never likes Guthrie's no. sounds negative <laughs> it really does yeah anyway it was a really good graduation experience and it was fun and I just stuck with it. And eventually got together with some friends from from that class and uh, people I met at uh, doing a comedy writing class that that, mm-hmm. le- that next year. And we formed the River Comics because we just wanted to, you know, do a little open mic stuff ourselves, local, and you know, help each other write and just have some fun. And you know, it's turned into a, a small business, and you know, we're. The, the quarantine right now has slowed us down, but we're eager to get back at it and have some more fun. Now, um, your background isn't in comedy, though. I mean, you did have something no. before you started, right? Where did yeah. where did you start off? I'm an I'm an IT guy, so I've been uh, I've been an IT consultant for many years, and now I'm an IT director at a nonprofit law firm. Makes sense. It's funny, yeah. funny bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, it's nothing, nothing but laughs when you're <laughs> <laughs> setting up computers and answering people's questions and working so all hours. <laughs> so when you do your bit, or do you, because everybody kind of has like a, a niche that they go with, do you talk about life in the IT lane? I I try not to, I, I, I think I mentioned that I'm an IT guy, but just as a little side comment, mm-hmm. I try not to talk too much about my coworkers when I'm uh, <laughs> it worked more for safety or <laughs> yeah for safety yeah especially now that I'm working for lawyers so I want to I want to be careful <laughs> there you go um, I have fun. a question yeah. when your 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 comedy troupe 
when you get together to write, do you get together like when when you were getting together, like in person, I assume, did mm-hmm. you did you like get together at a table and just spitball ideas? Like, was it once a week? Was it once a month? Did you come with scripted things? Like, how did that sort of ensemble work come to be? Well, so so we're not exactly an ensemble, but we're we're, we're writing each we're helping each other write jokes for their stand up routines. Oh, great! Okay, cool. So we have an open mic that we were doing weekly uh, in in Auburn at at Gritty's, and sometimes during in those open mics, we you know someone will do their five minutes, and we'll ask, "Hey, does anybody want do, do you want feedback on what you just did?" Yeah, and we'll throw out little pointers here and there, or try this and not that, or maybe go in this direction. And then sometimes we'll just dedicate the whole open mic to us just sitting around a table with a couple of beers and we're just, someone will just say a premise for a joke or say a joke and we'll just, you know, we'll help them write out the rest of that joke and we'll do that for an hour and a half. Yeah, Nate? Do you ever use the uh, president card to your advantage? Like, ooh, that, good, I'm going to take that. Oh, goodness. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) The only thing I use my president card for is like, is like our sort of river comics like business decisions like i'll i'll say like oh let's let's maybe not try to do a show at that venue because yeah you know i i'm too busy or i'm too tired or we're Mm -hmm. stretched a little thin or or hey let's try to get this person on that show instead of that person on that show i think that's be better that better fit that's that's, those sort of things but otherwise we're 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 helping each other just help write jokes and you know uh you know uh, i guess make each show as 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 good as we can so as president of River Comics, you are not making them kiss your feet. Not my feet, no. Missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> it's gross to kiss my feet. That's huh? a very specific kink that Molly's into, I guess. <laughs> when you get power, you gotta make them kiss your feet. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a thing. Is that not a thing? <laughs> I'm glad we're remote right now. now leonard outside of um your performance outside of comedy you also do improv yes do you find there's a similarity and i think i might know the answer but do you do you find (laughs) there's a similarity between stand-up and improv Hmm. Uh, well i i I think i actually think i get more nervous doing stand-up than improv now Hmm. i used to be uh, definitely afraid of improv, but now I, I appreciate it more because I don't have to, I mean, I have to, I have to practice, but I don't have to spend as much time writing. And I, I, I feel guilty sometimes with my standup about not writing enough. But if I get together with, with people like, like you and Don and, and uh, Amanda and Julie just doing improv, I know I can show up and we can quickly, remind each other what games we're going to play and we get to know each other again and we practice. And I know I can just be on stage and just do what comes natural and, and be in the, be in the moment to bring out whatever funny is going to, going to happen. And I don't have to remember like, Oh, I got to do this joke and then that joke and then that joke to get to my funny. Now I can just be on stage and just say, Oh, well, you know, try that on for size, that sort of thing. And I, and I can, I know I can be just funny in the moment. And it's, it's a, it's a little more, or I guess uh, it's easier, I suppose, <laughs> for, yeah, for me to get up there and, and, be, and feel less worried about my, the prep work I, I went into to doing it. And I don't, and I'm never going to do the same thing twice, or I might do the same thing twice, but I don't, I don't feel guilty about 
you know, not having done something new, I suppose. I admire stand up so much. It's something that is, it's, it's something that people all the time are like, oh, improv and stand up, they're so similar. And it's like, I can see how you see that, but like <laughs> improv is literally off the second of your brain. Mm. And stand up comedy is so well written that the timing of how long that you take between this word and this word is is three and a half seconds. Is it better if it's five seconds? <laughs> oh yeah. They're so specific yeah. with stand up that it's, it, there's, I, I admire you so much, Leonard, like, holy moly. <laughs> yeah. Changing, changing the timing of how I say things is like, I, I recently posted my first uh, stand up set at Guthrie's. I posted it on, on Facebook and, and I was watching it again. And I, and, some of those jokes that I said that day, I still use in my act now, but I say them so differently now mm. that I'm I'm not rushing through those those words, or I I pause on a certain word a little bit longer because I think there's more of a laugh if I pause more, or I emphasize something, or do something different with my with my body or my face or my hands or whatever. Um, so I, I I guess going through the 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 stand up mode is more like. I am, uh, I sort of like rehearse and I act out, I act through my set. It's like, I'm here's the, here's the role I'm portraying for the, for the next 15 minutes. And it's me doing this set, this, the set script I have for 10 or 15 minutes. Um, and I get, hopefully get better at it to learn where are the points where I should change a word here and there or, or change a inflection or, make sure I'm establishing eye contact with somebody, but with, with improv, it's, it's so, it's so different. Well, with the stand up, you're doing that live to different audiences every time you do it. So having to orchestrate the timing of the joke to tailor it to that audience, or do you find uh, that you can tune in a certain rhythm to the comedy and it plays universally? So I'm I'm not good enough yet to change my jokes in any way if I do if I have a different audience. I've only been doing it for a couple of years. I love that you said yet. I love yeah. that you said yet. <laughs> yeah. So I so I know like I I've, I've done a show where uh, uh, so I did a show I did a show with Johnny Ader a couple a uh, few months ago, and I realized like oh they they didn't really I don't think they really appreciated the, the jokes I was doing. And then like I, I had my set was actually split up in two segments. So I was going to go back up in 15 minutes and I'm like, okay, they're going to get those. They're going to get the next jokes I have prepared because that's my, that's my set. And I'm sorry, I'm going to do those, so, those jokes the best I can. <laughs> but there's, there's no, there's no deviation because like, I'll think like, Oh, uh, they don't, I don't, they're not really getting these jokes. I'm going to tell different jokes. No, <laughs> I've only been doing this two, two years. I've got 15 minutes of jokes. You're, if, you, if I gave you seven minutes and now I'm back for more, you're going to get eight minutes. <laughs> you're going to get my next eight minutes. <laughs> and they're going to be the exact eight minutes that I want. <laughs> so there were some awkward moments <laughs> during those sets. But, but, but like when, I, when I'm pausing, waiting for a laugh, I'll just sit on it. And I just like, hmm. And I like I get one person I would go like there you go thank you very much and then I'll move on. <laughs> and you feel the same things when you're doing improv too. Yeah, like sometimes with, with improv, if I say something that doesn't land, that, that doesn't land, I I'll just I'll, I might just quickly follow it up with with 
oh, sorry. <laughs> and then I'll, and then I'll back up. And, then, and, no, and sometimes that, that might get a laugh just by saying, just apologizing for the thing I just did. <laughs> But I took a class with Dennis Price, and 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 he was he just says like just if if no one's stepping forward, just step forward. And sometimes I'll step forward with a with a dud, <laughs> just mm. just to take the take the hit, I guess, <laughs> and then apologize, yeah. and then move back, and hopefully someone will will well, step forward with something else. It's like when you do shotgun games, like uh, Sex with Me or World's Worst, or yeah. the audience isn't going to remember the bad; they're going to remember <laughs> the funny. Yeah. So if you throw out a bomb, just let it settle and step <laughs> back to the line because they're not going to remember it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one comes after us to a, on a show afterwards and say like, "Oh, that thing you did twenty-seven minutes into the show <laughs> that, re- that really brought the room down." I don't know why. Can you imagine? I don't know. I don't know why you did that. I, I was going to buy you a beer, but now no. <laughs> the, the basket came by me for tips, and I was like, mm, that thing, 27 minutes in. <laughs> now, have you had a time where you thought that you might have stumbled, but the audience didn't notice or didn't see it? I mean, I, get, I often find that as a performer, you are your own worst critic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I walk off stage sometimes trying to figure out where I went wrong in a scene and I'm the only one who noticed. Um, so I'm wondering how much of that translates over into standup. Oh, so sometimes with standup, what happens is like, I'll, I'll mess up on a, I'll mess up a word or I'll say my jokes out of the normal order that I'm, that I'm used to saying them in. And then I'll try to recover by saying like, okay, I forgot I forgot the Bill Cosby joke, so I got me. I should say it after the Black History T-shirt joke. But normally, I say it in this way. I guess it will still work, but I don't use the same segue that I normally would use because I haven't actually said anything about that shirt or being black or blah 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 blah. Or I'll mess up a word, and and I'll be like, that word is so unimportant to the joke that I just keep moving on. But like when I get off stage, my my buddies they're the ones that'll tell me you messed up. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, they know the bit. They, they know, know the bit because they've, yeah. they've been, you know, seeing me do these jokes for two years and Nick Dufault like knows all of our, all of our sets backwards and forwards. And he's like, Oh yeah, you messed up that word. Or, hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you messed up. Right. <laughs> and I go like, yeah, I know I messed up. <laughs> all right. So mm-hmm. Leonard, our first game is called four questions. Yes, And um, so Leonard comes from an IT background. And so in honor of our visiting professor, I have four IT questions, uh, four questions about the IT industry for our faculty. Mm. Right. Uh, So Leonard, whichever one of our faculty members gives the best answer, not necessarily the correct answer, but the best answer, the answer you like the most, award them points. So our first question. According to Queria, your fingers travel more than what distance on average working day, uh, on an average working day by typing? So your fingers travel more than what distance on an average working day by typing? I saw Marie's hand go up first. I'm going to go with 100 feet. 100 feet? Marie says 100 feet. Molly? 
Can I get 50 points to Marie for the best answer so far? Wow, that's sure. huge. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, 50 to beat. And uh, Mom? So uh, it's actually 5,000, but it's 5,000 tips. It's a different kind of measuring system that is actually not in the American, you know, foot. It's not. It's not overseas metric. It is the tips. Okay, this is what they do in. You said Korea, right? Tip. Yeah. So um, very specific. So it's five thousand tips per workday. Yeah, Steve, you're next. Oh, well. <laughs> luckily, I knew this one ahead of time. Uh, it's forty-eight kilometers per hour. 48 kilometers an hour. All right. And <laughs> Nate, there it is. Answer Nate. 100 <laughs> points to Steve for being so <laughs> succinct. succinct in the- <laughs> 100 <laughs> points to Steve. Woo. Nate, what's your answer? 124th of a parsec. 124th oh. of a parsec. 124th. The, uh, the, the answer was 12 miles. Oh. So 12 wow. miles a day. Wow. Oh. Um, but I think y'all had great answers. Leonard, how would you like to score that? Uh, I just, I guess throughout 200 nerd points to Nate. 200 to Nate? What is a part 200 nerd points. Are those the same as real points or what's the, the ratio? Don't be a nerd about it, Steve. Come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Sorry. <Nerd. laughs> I'm just trying to figure right. out how much they're worth. Uh, you get negative nerd points now. <laughs> no, so don't have, take away my nerd points. We have our second question. According to BuzzFeed, other than being high-tech companies, what does Hewlett-Packard, Microsoft, Apple, and Google have in common? Nate. Philanthropy. Phil, uh, philanthropy. Philanthropy. <laughs> Steve. Uh, they were all started by sweaty white dudes. Technically correct. Okay. Marie. They're all in that, like, top ten when you look at your stocks thing on your app. Are we supposed to look at that? No, don't do it now. No, don't do it, man. (laughs) And Molly, your answer? Um, None of them wear pants on Zoom calls. I think we have a couple of correct answers there. The actual correct answer was all of those companies were started in garages. Uh, But Leonard, what's your call on that? I say because because none of us are actually wearing pants. Uh, uh, Two hundred points to Molly for the best answer. Two hundred points for Molly for best answer, and none for us for not wearing pants. I won't. And, <laughs> <laughs> so our uh, our next question is um, the QWERTY keyboard. QWERTY named after the alignment of the keys, the ones you have in front of you, uh, is the standard keyboard we all use. The Dvorak keyboard is known for what? Nate. Easy translation into Klingon. Uh, that, that's oh, it. come on. 500 points to Nate. That was my answer. <laughs> 500 for Nate. Good answer. Go uh, Marie? Um, it's a special translator keyboard in your text messages on your phone for divorced couples who are having very, very passive-aggressive statements <laughs> and... Devor, blah, 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 what is it called? Dvorak. Dvorak translates it into factual statements that will make it so that you can progress forward in your divorced relationship. A keyboard for divorced couples. Yes. You sound like you're really well-versed with that. <laughs> <Yes>. Steve? 
<laughs> I'm just trying to win my nerd card back here, uh, my nerd points. Uh, I believe it was the word that Saruman whispered into the ear of each Yurikai before sending them to find the hobbits. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Exactly. Um, actually, what it is, is it is from the uh, very popular board game Dungeons and Dragons. And it is um, the moves that you make when you like get somebody. And that's how they want you to type on the Dvoric keyboard. Get those so. All right. <laughs> All right. It's so, the same. Uh, a great answer from, from Marie. I would say 300 points for that. And then Molly and Steve get 100 pandering nerd points. Yes. 100 <laughs> Never pandering. don't pander. Never oh, don't peace. pander. All not right, a nerd, peace. but now my new goal is to get pandering nerd points. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's a little asterisk next to those points. A little P with an asterisk. <laughs> I'll take it. It still counts. All right. You now have an uh, Sammy pandering Sus points. points. <clears throat> All right. For pandering. Um, the correct answer is it is an alternate keyboard layout that is actually up to 20 times faster to type on. Uh, the original but I learned ASDGFJKL semicolon back in like first grade. So our last question in four questions, according to the Internet, uh, Internet Society, how long ago did the first four computers of DARPAnet, which is the precursor to the Internet, connect? So according to the Internet Society, how long ago did the first four computers of DARPAnet connect? Marie. I mean, I feel like I keep knowing. I, I have all of the answers, so mm. that's why my hand goes Obviously. up. Obviously. Yeah, time. No, that makes sense. So if anybody's seen the television show Lost, it's more of a documentary, and there are these different hubs of... The, 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 the science study laboratories, the four science study laboratories, that's how they started. So, on Lost. Yes. So, I'm so real, how long matter. ago did they connect? And your answer is Lost. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, just the, is the same, way I, the same way I didn't appreciate the ending of Lost. I, didn't, I don't think I appreciated the ending of Marie's answer there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I did either. <laughs> Molly. Okay, so with answering the how long ago question, it's actually when the meteor hit Earth, uh, the one that we all know that uh, made the dinosaurs go extinct. So we all thought that was a piece of space rock. In all actuality, that was the charge from these computers going together. Whoa. Yeah. So the Chicxulub impact crater was caused by the first connection. That's absolutely so, Okay. Nate or Steve? Nate, uh, Steve. I don't know the, the exact time it's been, but I do know that... It, uh, unfortunately, when it became that meteorite that Molly mentioned, it was right before it had finished calculating the answer to life, the universe, and everything. So. Deep thought. Nate, do you have an answer? Uh, well, I, I know that the first thing to stream, the first video to stream, was actually some scientists who set up a webcam to watch their coffee pot so they knew when their coffee was done brewing. I think that was late 80s, maybe early 90s. So I'm going to say maybe 27 years. 27 years. Is that a real answer? answer? Wow. 
The answer is 51 years ago in 1969. You had the first four connections connect of the internet. Leonard, what's your thoughts? Uh, I like how Steve's answer started with, I don't know the answer to this question. Um, <laughs> Honesty. <laughs> it's a strong move, I know. So he, he gets like 10 honesty points. Uh, and then, but I like Nate's answer seems to be the closest to be actually correct. So uh, 400 points to, to Nate. You think the closest without going over, right? One <laughs> dollar. <laughs> so right now, after our first game, our points are Marie at three hundred seventy, Molly at three hundred, Nate at one thousand one hundred, and Steve at three hundred and ten. Holy cow! With pandering <laughs> points. Hello, I'm Leonard Kimball. I'm Nick Gordon. We're comedians and we love talking comedian things. And we figured you wanted to hear that. Together, we host a podcast called Comedy Think Tanked. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and our website, (laughs) comedythinktanked.com. And there comes our time for the second pop quiz. Of unusually far ahead, this pop quiz is from the head of guidance, Mr. Nate Green. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us back here. Um, so one thing, one thing that we all know in guidance work that I know uh, is there are a lot of acronyms, and there is one that we need to change. Um, so... I know what this is, but I need to get some ideas here. So this acronym, L-I-C-S-W. So L-I-C-S-W. All right. So um, let me know uh, what we should be changing that to. Um, Nate, I have a suggestion. Hmm. Um, I believe that uh, to, to help with clarity, it should just be um, loud imbeciles climbing steep washing machines for clarity. That makes sense. Thank you, Molly. Yeah. But the. the, the, the... <clears throat> yes. uh, Marie? Because, you know, it's springtime and people are taking off their hats and putting their hats back on and the kids, they're sharing their hairbrushes and stuff. I am certain that L-I-S-C-W should stand for lice is socially confined to the water closet. Words to live by. Mm -hmm. Steve. Um, I don't know if you guys know about this, but there's kind of a real problem going on in the southern part of the United States. Uh, Too many insects and those sorts of creatures, uh, infestations. Um, But unfortunately, they've taken measures a little too far and stopped breeding. Uh, They've forcibly stopped the breeding of insects. Uh, And this group started up recently to to make that stop. It's uh, Louisiana is constantly segregating worms. I can't believe they're doing that again. Bob, do you want to weigh in? I actually have the right answer. Um, what a lot of people don't understand is that the Disney acquisition of certain properties have caused a lot of confusion. They've caused a lot of angst among the fan community. And this, of course, references the uh, leveraged interest controlling Star Wars. 
The fans just want the stories. Disney's all about weird plot and merchandising. It's true, man. Leonard, we have some four really good ones right here. We have Molly with climbing washing machines. Yeah. Uh, Marie with no lice left behind. Uh, Steve with segregating worms. And uh, Bob with Star Wars. Which, which one do you think we should change it to? Uh, I like especially Molly's answer. Uh, climbing washing machines are steep washing machines yes <laughs> loud and uh, yeah because like we all need some way to get some exercise now you know we're all home looking to find some way to get off our bus instead of sitting in front of a computer all day i like that we're gonna we're gonna go with that um if we had to award points how many points do you should uh, well if we had to uh i guess we'd get <laughs> uh oh maybe 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 uh, we'll give Molly 500 points. All right. Woo! 500 points to Molly. Now, big money. Now and I just then, want uh, yeah. Bob, Bob can get 50 nerd points. There you go. <laughs> I'll take them. <laughs> I'll get 30 points this time. The uh, line between pandering and nerd points. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so thin. Gray area. <laughs> what, what this actually uh, stands for is licensed independent clinical social worker which happens to be my job title um or how i got this job so now i'm going to be changing it to climbing washing machines yeah. um so we'll change that on the website perfect cool. i'll get right to that thank you guys. uh nate thank you for that report from guidance our next game is lie lie again uh now in lie lie again i will read an unusual fact about uh, selected members of the faculty. Some are actually truths written ahead of time by our faculty members. Others are complete and utter absolute lies created by myself. Now, our visiting professor and faculty members may question the subject to better understand whether or not the statement is truth or a lie. Either way, the subject must convince everyone else that the unusual fact is true no matter how absurd it sounds. Pretty straightforward. So our first statement, uh, Marie. Yes. Um, you once spent two weeks studying theater in Russia at a St. Petersburg Theater Arts Academy and took ballet class with a professional Russian ballerina. Isn't that right? All right, well, she, uh, she says it is the truth. Who has our first question for Marie? Uh, I do. What, uh, what year or years was this, Marie? Uh, the two weeks specifically happened in the new year. <laughs> okay, I, I was, it could have been on the new year. You never it know. Was, it was the spring <laughs> of 2007. Spring of 2007. Spring of 2007. So be long before I knew you. Yes. Okay. All right. Actually, Molly, you had uh, the next question, if I remember. I did. Um, did you, how long had you been taking dance before you, um, or was gosh. this thing? I had taken a combination tap ballet in when I was maybe like five, six, seven years old. Um, and part of this like intensive theater class that I was in was to learn more about your body and how to utilize your body. And throughout the entire semester, we had focuses in certain sort of 
body technique studies. And when we were in Russia, it was ballet. And so I was studying. I cannot remember the woman's <laughs> name right now, but she was really old. And she had like that bleached blonde hair that used to be very, 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 very thick. But because she's bleached blonde it so many times, it's not as thick anymore. Um, and so I hadn't, I had taken like a tap ballet class for tiny, little tiny humans when I was a tiny human. But then when I went to Russia, it was like geriatric ballet. Yeah. Well, because ballet is storytelling. And so it was like, it was totally on, on theme. Um, but I, it was hard. All right, Nate, now you had another, you had a question for, for Marie? Yeah, um, uh, it's kind of a two-parter. Um, first one is, how does learning how to park cars uh, teach you about your body? What, valet? <laughs> oh yes yeah well, she was a member of the russian valet yeah. <laughs> uh, okay oh yeah. well if you all right so we're, what valet ballet whatever if you were there for two weeks you probably learned a little bit of russian because mm. you, know, you know where true, the yeah. bathroom is and where the library is apparently do you what kind of can you tell us a little russian mm. that's convincing that is that sounds, it could be Ukrainian, I don't know. But. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> do Ukrainian people. Like, like Klingon? Yeah. <laughs> Later, uh, do you have any questions for Marie? Yeah, I, I, I guess, seeing as you're in this class for a full two weeks um, in a foreign country, I assume you got to know uh, at least, you know, a few classmates very well. Can you tell us about any interesting classmates in the class? Oh, well, so it was a semester long class. And so the 13 of us were studying the entirety of the semester together. So the 13 of us all went to Russia and we were all in Russia for two weeks. Um, I mean, yeah, I can tell you specifics about the 13 people in my class, but would you more be more interested in hearing about Natalia? God, what was the end of her last name? I, is super Russian, so I can't pronounce it now. But she, <laughs> she so she was our translator, um, and and she she like so this Russian ballerina teacher that I can't remember the name of. She did not speak a word of English, so Natasha translated the ball like the the old blonde lady thinning blonde lady's hair. She translated her Russian, and so her name was Natasha and. Uh, five years, so this was the second Port Fringe Festival, I was doing a play that had Russian, like, dialogue set into it, and I was able to message Natasha, and she was like, so all of those Russian words are completely made up, none of those are real Russian words, but this mm. is how you would say these Russian words if they were Russian. Mm. <laughs> um, so that was an interesting person that I met while I was in Russia. All right. Any other questions for Marie? All right. So Marie, do you want to sum up with a story as to what actually happened? Yes. So um, I went to the National Theater Institute in the spring of 2007. And for two weeks of the National Theater Institute semester, they go to study with the St. Petersburg Theater Arts Academy. So I did spend two weeks in St. Petersburg, Russia. Um, and 
I don't remember the name of this, like, she was so small, like I'm, I'm five two and I'm like a small person. She was smaller than me. And I'm not kidding about this blonde bleached hair. Um, she was the most intimidating person I think I've ever, ever met because the, like the strictness and, um, like, you know, there's, there's first position, second position, third position. I wanted so badly to do everything correctly and to do everything right that I overextended my hips and I ended up getting bursitis because I so badly wanted to impress this mm. Russian ballerina lady that I ended up coming home back to the States, went back to Connecticut and I got a bursitis shot in my hip or I got a cortisone shot in my hip for bursitis because I went into first position way too fast or like I, I like committed to it way too like before my body was ready to commit to it because mm. I so badly wanted to impress this Russian professor. Steve, you want to stop? You want to uh, start? Why not? <laughs> Why not? See, I feel like I know of everyone here. I know Marie pretty well, but these stories keep coming up that I don't know. Which I guess obviously you have to. That's the idea is you have to kind of dig something up that we wouldn't know. But I've never ever heard Marie mention anything about Russia or a mysterious woman named Natasha or ballet actually. So this is like blowing my mind, but you're so convincing. Just like, uh, just like the last time we did this, I was a hundred percent convinced <laughs> right on the gate. This one, I was the opposite. I was not convinced that then you kind of won me over with the details, but I swore I was not going to let Marie outwit me this week. <laughs> So I'm going to say it is not true. That is All a right. lie. It is a fallacy. Steve has it as a lie. Nate, what's your call? Um, kind of going down the same path as Steve, but with a different outcome. I think it's true. I thought it was a lie all the way up until you said give the recap, and then it just came out slicker than smelt. And uh, I think, than smelt. Yeah, it's a. Um, I, I, it's got to be real. All right, Molly, what's your call? Oh man, this is tough. I'm pretty sure that it's not true. But then that last part with the cortisone and the varietas and the first and said, God darn it, you're a good liar, I think. And then I'm pretty sure you said her name was Natalia and then you said Natasha. Uh, but it could just be memory. Oh God, it's so hard. Um, lie. All right, so Leonard, we have Molly with a lie, Nate with the truth, Steve with a lie. What's your call on this? Uh, well, uh, having known Marie for uh, an hour and a half now, uh, I've never heard her talk about ballet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, I'm convinced it's a lie, and I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think it was, I don't think any of it is true. Wow. All right, Marie. She didn't even know what she didn't know what a valet is. So, <laughs> <laughs> Marie, I think it's time to come clean. Uh, it is truth. I was trying to find a picture mm. of myself in the studio, and wow. I can't share my screen with you right now. Wow. But I look like a child. She um, got me again. <laughs> Marie is really, really good at this game. <laughs> uh, I'm so it, bad at this game. It's really small, but that's the, that's the studio room. You can't. Holy cow. Yeah, that's me with the braids. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 
it's it i'm and i'll find i'll wow. find natasha for you That's so awesome. in um I'll, natalia I'll her in in russian you say natalia but when she was a translator we americans couldn't say natalia so she just introduced herself as natasha so we all called her natasha oh. <laughs> Her wow. her. It was all Natalia. Yeah. If you had said that before, we would have all said you were lying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh sure. <laughs> yeah, that's why. No, it's all true. Sorry, guys. Uh, oh. <laughs> all right. So our next um potential truth or potential lie is Molly. Oh, mm. Molly has spent many years overseas and one time when she was overseas, an elephant sat on her car. Is that correct, Molly? That is correct. All right. Who was the first question? Was this in Thailand? Steve. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> that was the best face Maria's ever made. That was a phenomenal <laughs> face. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, what were you driving? Was it like a rental car? Yeah, I had this uh, car for work. It was like a hatchback old mobile thing. I have no idea. I don't know like cars it makes, but it was like this hatchback. You know those old woody cars? It was like that, only it wasn't wood. Yeah. Silver. Right. You don't know the specific make, model, year. No, I have no clue, dude. I don't know. Was it like the, the thing you put, you open the hatchback and it had the car, the seat that faced the back way? No, 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 not that old. I mean, they they have regular cars in Thailand. <laughs> Well, when so it was, was in Thailand. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how long ago? Uh, I lived in Thailand between 2006 and 2008. So two years. Yeah. Uh, how did the insurance claim go? I don't know. It was through my my works. It was my works car. Oh, wow. So, so you I, just I, work, I, an elephant sat on my car, deal with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like, I'm a, I'm a Frang. I'm a foreigner. And so the cars do my work. I mean, I can't deal with all those, like you don't go down to the Tide DMV and be like, hey, I'm a foreigner, you know? So we had all of our staff people who were Thai um, that took care of that stuff for us. Leonard. So were you in the car at the time? Were you, were you, was it parked somewhere or are you driving? And you was, what, what's, what's the deal? I, I was not in the car. <laughs> no, it was parked. Where were you? I was uh, interviewing someone. I ran a magazine in Thailand. What? Steve? What scenario brought you, like, your car that close to an elephant? Well, are, are they just roaming in Thailand? Yeah, yeah. Well, they aren't just roaming, but there's like a lot of tourism-based um, elephant tours and stuff. So, like, you—that's where I was. I was doing an elephant tour. It was a tourism magazine. So you go to these. Oh. This one was actually called Mr. Pooh's, which is funny, and that's how I remember the name because we were like, "Ha ha, Pooh." Um, anyways, so we go to this place, and then they have all these elephants <laughs> that you can, you know, you pay money and you ride an elephant. They give you a tour, and it's actually kind of really sad. Um, oh. You have to make sure that you go to a reputable one that treats their elephants. Um, well, and this one was actually kind of like a refuge combo. Mm. Um, and you can tell the elephants are sad, just a side note, because they'll shuffle their feet. This was a, this was an environmentally friendly, humane place. So they were, they were free range elephants, I guess you could say. Free range they, elephants. So the elephants sit on your car and go, freedom! <laughs> <laughs> They're like, she's not leaving. 
So were you like the elephants are just free to go into the parking lot and hang out and eat some peanuts and sit on cars and it's Mr. Not, Mr. Pooh all over the place? It's not like an amusement park. It's not like there's like a parking lot. Okay. And like a, you know, it's all kind of dirt road and then it's all kind of open and yeah. spaces, but you uh, fences and then you park. Sorry, I relate I mean, everything in my life area. to amusement I was park. with other cars. I wasn't just like part. I wasn't like in the middle of the herd. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a picture? Did I get a picture? Yeah. No, but for Christ's sakes, that would have been the best picture ever. Yeah, it would. Okay, so yeah, were you like, ah, next time an elephant sits on my car, I'll get a picture? No, it was more like, uh, holy crap, I'm going to be in so much trouble. What do I do? How do I solve this problem? And I didn't have a photographer with me, and it was 2006, and I don't even know if I had a camera on my phone back then. Do we have cameras on our phones? That's I feel like I would have one picture if I did. Yeah. All right. You heard the questions. Let's hear the story. Okay, so I've kind of just told you the story. <laughs> so I ran a tourism magazine in Phuket, Thailand. It was called Phuket Magazine. And uh, I was the editor. And so we would have to go and do these, these stories on all kinds of things that uh, Farang foreigners could go and do. And this one was to go to Mr. Pooh's. Um, we covered this particular one because it is such an ordeal over there about the treatment of elephants and this one was humane and they were a refuge and they were saving them so we went um over there i got to ride on an elephant um it was really fun i got to feed elephant banana um and all this is going on i'm writing the story i'm interviewing i didn't interview mr Pooh himself i think that was just a name um but i interviewed the handlers um and while i'm doing all that this elephant it was it didn't sit it stepped on the thing in my car um, so I didn't see it, but it was uh, pretty epic. And so I got back to my car and I was like, <laughs> there's like, what happened? Uh, called my work, called my boss and they drove out and came and got me and they took care of it, which was awesome. So I got a new car out of the deal, which was fine because mine was like the old, like beat up one. So I was pretty psyched in the end, but I don't know. I don't know if insurance pays for elephants. <laughs> sitting on their cars <laughs> maybe all right um, you heard the story who has a first guess i'll, I'll go first if all right yeah, steve i'll get it out of the way all right i know molly relatively well i know she's been to thailand this this seems like it's kind of a outlandish claim of course but i think if this was improvised and this was a lie i think there would have been uh crazier details she would have seen the elephant sit on her car. She would have been in it, that sort of thing. So that's the reason I'm, I'm going to go that this is actually a true story that Molly All right, true for Steve. Who's next? Marie, you got an answer? I, I agree with Steve. I, I also know that Molly has spent some time in Thailand and did some, I didn't know it was necessarily a magazine, if that's true. Um, uh, and I, Mr. Poo's. I think I think she's telling the truth. All right, Nate, what's your call? Um, uh, I, I'm going to copy off this test, and for all the same reasons, and say truth. All right, Leonard, you have three truths from the faculty. What's your call on this? Uh, I'm going to have to say true. Also, even though in the in all the years I've known Molly, she's never talked about Thailand and elephants. Uh, so I'm I'm guessing a pattern here. 
Uh, so, it's like, is there any, are any of these things going to be, be, be things I've actually heard you speak about? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> so I think I like Steve's reasoning uh, first because I, I, I figured the, the story description would have been, you know, more out there if, if it were a lie. So I'm going to say it's true. All right, Molly, it's time to fess up. I lived in Thailand. I ran a magazine. I did ride an elephant. However, Ooh. one ever sat on my car. Oh, come <laughs> there on. You, go. you gotta wow. get the truth with the lie. All right, so That's good, Leonard, That's good Bob. That's have, good. Uh, That's good. You have Marie winning with a lie. You have, uh, with the truth that everybody thought was a lie. You have Molly <coughs> winning with a lie that everybody thought was the truth. How would you like to divvy points? Just between the two or for everybody? Anyone you would like. Oh, okay. Um, Wow. Uh, (laughs) Well, I guess we'll give uh, 200 points to Steve for leading me down the path of uh, wrongness. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Multiple times. (laughs) Molly for a fantastic story of not actually describing the elephant sitting on the car and i realized because i kept i kept thinking like well she hasn't actually described what happened to the car she's she, <laughs> so many things about the fact that she was there but not nothing about the elephant so uh that was that was uh very skilled uh so molly 600 points uh and marie for not lying but but showing proof uh, of a fake Photoshop picture. Find <laughs> um, another one. Marie, <laughs> 400 points for Marie for a Photoshopping proof. <laughs> after plus, plus that vegan Thai curry that she's working on. There you go. Well, points that for that too. <laughs> At our break, we have Marie with 770 points, Molly with 1,400. Nate with 1,100, and Steve with 510. This is the end of the first half, and that means that any points allocated to me in the beginning of the first half goes to our faculty member with the lowest number of points. That would be Steve Corning. Steve gets my 50 points, raising his total to 560 points. This is the end of the first half. Will Molly be able to maintain her lead of 1,400 points? Find out when we return only on Balderdash Academy. Go Dashers! Welcome back to Balderdash Academy. In the uh, scores right now, we have Steve with 560 points, Marie with 770, Nate with 1,100, and Molly with 1,400. It's that time of the show. It is halftime with Coach Steve. That's right. Everyone sit down, buckle in, shut up. You guys, we're getting killed out there, okay? I'm mostly talking to me, and I'm, I'm not just mad. I'm I'm mad and disappointed in my performance. You guys, I came out here with a, with one thing to do here tonight, and that was win a stupid background. Okay, 
and I'm working my ass off out there and I'm not getting those points. Okay, I have a big jug of Gatorade prepped for after the show. Okay, this is just a pep top for me at this point. I've got this big jug of Gatorade. If that does not dump, if I don't dump that on my own head in approximately, what is it, 30 minutes, there's gonna be hell to pay. All right, so that's that's my little lecture, okay? But as always, at uh, halftime with, with Coach Steve, we do a little bit of trivia. I know we're in the middle of a pandemic. There's no sports going on, but there's always, no matter what is going on in the world, there's always weird sports headlines, no matter what, no matter if you're going through a pandemic or not. So guys, I'm gonna ask you a quick question and I wanna hear each of your answers and then we'll find out at the end the correct answer. So in a video posted on YouTube on April 19th, 2020, American golf legend John Daly urged viewers to use this one trick to fight the coronavirus. What is it? Molly, let's start with you. You got anything? Um, it is to carry around a golf club mm-hmm. and to, if you put it on your hip and stand, I'm wearing pants, I put them on at halftime. You, you take it and it will give you the proper distance that you should stand away from your fellow human. Awesome. Oh. And, uh, and if they don't, then you just take the thing and beat them. Yes, you beat them into submission. Good. Anyone else? Marie? Um, as, as many golf legends have d- beverages named after them, do, yeah. um, uh, this gentleman, this, this renowned golfer that you just mentioned mm-hmm. has has uh has created a beverage that has um th- that prevents the coronavirus it is heavily whiskey based uh it, it is it is four fifths whiskey and one fifth lemon juice <laughs> and and that is his that is his her surefire trick to prevent the coronavirus and it is named the john daly his, his yeah. name's daily so you could do like drink it daily or something it's like the daily drinker yeah, there you go. Yeah, quick, quick, two hundred points for Marie for definitely remembering the the, the golf players. That name. was awesome. Definitely yeah. remembered. Yeah, definitely. Me. Um. So John Daly, uh, great golfer. Um. He actually he said the best way to prevent getting coronavirus is laser cats. Just carry one with you all the time. Anytime somebody gets closer than six feet, you just let off a meow and then shoot them with a laser. Laser cats. I just wanted to hear what you said. Got it. Yeah. Well, those are all really good answers. Yeah. I do, of course, have the correct answer. Being a disc golfer, I know all about any adjacent types of golfing. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Daly, as we all know, just got picked up by Trojan as a sponsor. And so in a a publicity stunt, it's when he announced Trojan's new line of um, golf club condom covers. Now the trick is you rip the seal, pinch the tip, roll it down the shaft of your club, at which point after a golf game, during these trying times, you just roll it off and throw the virus away in the trash. Your clubs are clean. Incredible. Wow, these are great answers. Uh, Leonard, do you have a favorite so far? Uh, I, I want to give quick 200 points to, to Bob. I don't know if you noticed, but your, your answer sounded a lot about, sounded like uh, putting on a condom on a penis, but I don't, it's, it's, I mean, oh, it's just, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me that it, it sounded a little that. that, but 200 points for, for the headmaster. Um, 
the head. The head. <laughs> so all those answers were very plausible things that John Daly could have said in a YouTube video. And I didn't mention he posted this on the Trump Organization YouTube page as well. So if that helps you at all. Um, so those are all plausible things he could have said. But he did indeed say in order to avoid the coronavirus, you should consume an entire bottle of vodka every day. Uh, here's, the, here's the direct quote. I only drink one drink a day, says John Daly. It just happens to be a bottle. Now, that's where he holds up a bottle of vodka. You just drink one of these a day. You know, sippy sippy on a little McDonald's diet Coke. You know, wash it down pretty good. Never have a hangover. And that's the way you kill this coronavirus, I believe. There you go, He's guys. not wrong. I'm if you sorry. drink three or four bottles a day, you don't have to worry about anything. No. failure. I'm glad that he added, I believe, at the end, just to make sure that we're, we're not accepting his word as medical fact. Uh, <laughs> this is not by the FDA. My favorite part is a little sippy sippy on a, a McDonald's Diet Coke <laughs> to go with your dead. bottle. He's not ready drunk. Oh, All right, man. Leonard, I'm going to explain what the next game is. Before I do that, would you like to award other points oh, yeah. to the uh, faculty? Uh, I, I want to give points to Molly because I, 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 I originally thought that was what uh, everyone's going to go with. So that was, a, that was the answer that I had in my head about keeping the golf club, uh, you know, right on your hip, keep people away. Mm -hmm. And so find your points to, to Molly with a, another 100 bonus points to, to remember that we all had no pants on earlier in the show. Good, good callback. So call 600 back points. points total. Good callback. And then uh, 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 so like. 300 points to Nate for bringing up lasers. 300 nerd points. Uh, <laughs> nerd points. Like we have three kinds of points. Yeah. Panda <laughs> points, nerd points, and real points. You're I not love them. <laughs> I have no nerd points. And Mar Marie, Marie gets 400 points for remembering the types of points that we have. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. All right, that changed the scoreboard right now we have steve at 560 points marie at 1170 Nate at 1400 with molly at 2000 <laughs> points which means molly it is a good thing you put on pants because now it's time for oh, mask our next game is called Mask Charade. Leonard will secretly tell a faculty member with the most points, who happen to be Molly. Molly right now has the most points. He is going to tell her what his favorite movie is. At which point, Molly will then play a game of charades with that movie as the topic. The rest of the faculty will don blindfolds and try to guess the movie based off my poor descriptions of Molly's charades. Can't wait. Are we blindfolded? Oh, here we go. How do I look? <laughs> I don't know. This is, uh, this is comfortable. Faculty ready. Ready. Molly ready. Okay, it is a movie. Uh, two words. Second word. It's a baby. She's rocking a baby. She's cradling. She's pick she has twins. She has two babies. Oh, she's rocking them back and forth. Uh, Raising Arizona. <gasps> no, but that was she... the other movie he was gonna do. <laughs> wow. 
Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> All right, one movie up. So we have a pair of babies. She's cradling, but now she's picking something up. It's a she, she's not. She has. She's rocking. She's cradling. She's playing basketball. Star Wars. She's, Jam. She okay. Second word. Two words. <laughs> there are words. All right. Two babies. First word. Crying. Crying game. Hunger games. So crying and cradling, and now she, uh, she's sad. Aww. Oh. She's upset. Uh, and she's playing a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> she's upset. She's playing a guitar. She's Hamilton. sad playing a guitar. Um, Is it? Oh, it's like a country music movie. Walk the line. Second word. <laughs> She's pointing down. Mm. She not one thing but the other thing. Mm-hmm. So yes, not one thing but the other thing. And now they're walking together. The baby drinking. Two we all need are... a drink after this. She's <laughs> something. She's glasses. Glasses. Trolls. Arm around her friend. Glasses. She's walking down the street, holding somebody's shoulder. All right, first word. Guitar. She's playing a guitar. She's sad and she's playing music. She's playing a sad. Lame is a rob. Puppet show. Oh, I actually got it. <laughs> oh, you got it. No, it. Yeah. Sad guitar. Sad All guitar right. is the first word. Ballad. She has uh, twins. Is that part she's... of the? Is that one of the words, Bob? Do you know? You haven't done anything yet. Oh, uh, Twin Peaks. No, that's a show. (laughs) All right. She, there are two people. There are two people Mm -hmm. with glasses, sunglasses. Weekend at Bernie's. Smoking a cigarette. Swingers. Love actually. Walking, strutting, dancing. Sad music with two people walking, strutting, and dancing. <laughs> what is this movie? One thousand points. One thousand points. Smoking cigarettes. <laughs> cigarettes. It's dark, through. and they're wearing sunglasses. Drive your car. Oh, Blues Brothers. Is halfway through Blues Brothers, you get his second movie, Raising Arizona. <laughs> oh. I was just thinking about a movie with babies. All in right, it. Leonard, put us out of our misery. <laughs> All right. So I gave a, a thousand points to you, Bob, for for knowing the movie and uh-huh. trying not to say the movie. <laughs> Can I take my, my bandana off? Uh, 600 points to Steve for guessing the second movie that I gave Molly. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Oh, the twins? Wow. <laughs> How do you do brothers, right? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, is, that a, is it safe for me to take my... Yes, yes it is oh, yeah. safe for you to You're the only off. one. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody told me. I didn't want to ruin the game. Right now, after Mask Charades, we have Steve with 1,160. Marie 
with 1,370, Nate with 1,400, and Molly in the lead with 2,000. We All Have a Story is a podcast dedicated to learning more about the folks around us, one person at a time. We'll chat with accountants, bus drivers, entertainers, novelists, beekeepers, piano tuners, booksellers, artists, and more. Check out We All Have a Story using your favorite podcast app or service. And it's also time for our next pop quiz, our final pop quiz of the night. This pop quiz is from the head of home economics and wellness, Ms. Marie Stewart Harmon. Hello, everybody. Hi, guys. Um, We all have our things in our homes and in our lives that we struggle with. They're everyday issues. They're everyday problems. But they're things that we all try to encounter. Um, One of the most pesky things that has ever happened to me um, was I was... I was officiating a wedding and I spilled an entire glass of red wine assisted on the bride. Oh no. On the bride, directly on the back of her dress. Um, I had a glass of wine in my hand and somebody like just, so if you were at a wedding and the bride suddenly had red wine spilled all the way down her dress. Panelists, what would you do? Can I, can I throw a quick 300 points to Marie for the efficiency of boxed wine? Mm. Awesome. Definitely. At the ready. Uh-huh. Not a sponsor. Black Box, if you'd like to sponsor us, please do. <laughs> Balder-academy.com. Look us up. <laughs> all right. So the question, repeat the question again, please, Marie. If you were to get red wine out of a very white material, say a wedding dress on the bride, how would you do so? I know this one. Professor Uh, McGill. So what you want to do first is um, not really necessary to take the dress off at all, but what you want to do is really get your mouth right down on it and suckle Mm. like uh, you're a kitten. Um, drinking milk from your mother, right? It's just a very gentle suckle. And you want to do that across the whole uh, spill. Now, once you do that, then I would recommend taking off the dress. And what you're going to do is you're going to take the dress, you're going to take your your bag of red wine, box of red wine, it's a bag inside. And what you're going to do is you're going to take that bag and smush it all over the dress. Now what this is gonna do is it's gonna take a white dress to a red dress, but at least it's one consistent color. Yes, Professor Green. Uh, so green. what I would do is I would first assess the scene for safety. Mm-hmm. And once I found that everything was safe, I would then point to somebody and specifically call out, hey, you, in the green shirt, in the red shirt, somebody, so they knew who I knew they were talking to, be like you, Call 911, get the AED. And then what I would do is I would lay the bride on the ground and the groom um, and check their airways for warmth um, for about three seconds. Uh, I would probably be in the moment, so I would kind of go crazy, not really feel anything, immediately go into breaths. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. Thank you, that's very good. Coach Steve, 
I've, I've thought long and hard about this. And I honestly have to say, I would do absolutely nothing in this scenario because I think uh, as a man trying to remove a bride's dress, that's just a <laughs> harassment lawsuit waiting to happen. So I'm gonna take a step back and um, honestly just can. leave town, change my name um, because you know, I've ruined someone's wedding. That sounds very, very horrible. Now, a lot of people don't understand. I mean, I do, Sorry, I, I'm married, I've been there. I, I understand what happens and how to get rid of it. And really, rather than try to get rid of it, embrace it as a new tradition. Everybody loves traditions. You know, throwing bouquet had to start somewhere. True. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but the whole thing with pulling the garter off was somebody got a little frisky and tried to feel up the bride at a wedding. Now it's a tradition. So what we do is we take the negative, turn it into a positive, And at the next wedding, the first person to spill wine on the bride wins a million dollars. Yeah. There you oh, go. Traditions. Oh, wow. It's all about new traditions. That's great. These are all very, very good, very, very good answers and all seem to have something to do with the successful solution of the red wine removal. But before I go into the actual explanation, which has to do with all of your explanations, Leonard, would you like, do you have anything that you'd like to provide to us here? Uh, sure. I'm going to give Bob 400 points for uh, developing a new tradition. I think that's a good idea. Um, but I think the, the best answer was from Nate, uh, 600 points for him for a, a take charge attitude of controlling the situation and <laughs> making sure that we've called the, uh, emergency <laughs> response, uh, you know, ca calling 911 to make sure people are actually safe and make sure that someone's in charge of everything. That's, that's, I think that's the best answer. Drop, drop and roll. Yeah. These, these all have enlightened me and as any good teacher, I'm learning every day from my fellow teachers. And if I was to be in the situation now, my first step would be to lay down the bride and the groom and line up the wedding party to create a suckling section of removing the wine from a suckling <laughs> position. Yes. And once that was completed, I would commence with some science. And that would be <laughs> simple seltzer water and baking soda. Oh, okay. When uh -huh. one is to remove red wine from a wedding dress, you do not have to remove the wine from, you do not have to remove the dress from the bride, Steve. Good to know. Thank you, Marie. Especially if it is on the lower half of the dress. You saturate the red wine stain in seltzer. And then you gently... You, you, you spread baking soda over the, over the red, red wine stain. And then you, you, you spread out the baking soda with more seltzer. To be honest, I think, saturating, I think saturating a bride's dress is also a harassment lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> well, you have to be very delicate with your saturation. <laughs> your saturation, okay. I'll keep that in mind, right. thank But as you. any good teacher, I have learned from my fellow teachers and will implement your strategies in my future home economic strategies moving forward. Marie, thank you for your presentation. <laughs> that, was, that was good, I like that. <laughs> uh, Leonard, would you like to award any additional points? For our uh, panelists, uh, I'm gonna, I'll, I would give another 300 points for Steve trying to avoid lawsuits. That's, mm. that's always good. That's and <laughs> Molly for her uh, 400 points for her angry face. Am I giving Steve points? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> and, and Marie, Marie, you'll get 
300 points for having three names. Thank you. Three, 300. Uh, I'm getting nervous. What are the points at right now? We're still the winning. Right <laughs> now, I am in fifth place. Steve is in next place with 1,460. Marie at 1,970. Nate at 2,000. And Molly at 2,400 points. Molly. As we move in to technically correct. Now, our next game, technically correct, I will read a description of a movie that is technically correct. Our faculty members will all come up with an answer as fast as possible and present it one by one. Leonard will award points based on the answers he likes best. Movie number one. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. A man tries to return a birthday present from his uncle. That describes what movie? A man tries to return a birthday present from his uncle. Leonard, what's your answer? Christmas Millions. That's a good, another good movie. Oh, that's <laughs> another good movie. Uh, who else has an answer? Steve, what's your answer? The Darjeeling Limited. Darjeeling Limited. Nate? Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Good movie. Uh, Marie, you look like you've frozen. <laughs> that's just my perplexed face. Um, I'm going to go with Star Wars A New Hope. Star Wars A New Hope. Molly, what's your answer? Um, a Christmas story. The answer is Lord of the Rings, the entire trilogy. Well, I mean, it's I about a man who tries to return a birthday present from his uncle. All right. Okay. All right. Nice Leonard, work, Leonard, like to award points for any of those answers? <laughs> uh, Marie, of course, gets 300 nerd points. Got <laughs> 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 nerd points. All right. <laughs> Our next movie is An Elderly Man Gets High While Accidentally Kidnapping a Child and Fleeing to South America. Marie? The Matrix. The Matrix. Who's next? Up. Up for Molly. Nate? Such a good movie. Uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Steve? Uh, Trolls 3, whatever the comes after this, the colon. Rolls three after the colon. That is up, Molly isn't it? has it. The yeah. answer is up. That's good. Up oh, is the story up. of an elderly man who gets high while accidentally kidnapping a child and fleeing to South America. Leonard, high. how would you like oh, to award see, points? High in altitude. I get what you did there. Okay. Molly, for not using um, a, a, a movie that had drug references, you get 400 points. 400 for clean cut. <laughs> All right, our next movie is the story of an elderly pedophile who hangs around a high school picking up underage girls. Leonard. Dazed and confused. Good answer. Steve, what's your answer? Leon the Professional. Leon the Professional. Um, Marie. Um, um, Seth Rogen movie, the, uh, Pineapple Express. Pineapple Express. <laughs> Nate, do you have an answer? Shark Tank Redemption. <laughs> okay, Molly, what's your answer? Um, it is um, um, a movie that, um, Despicable Me. Despicable <laughs> Me. The answer is, of course, Twilight. 
Twilight, the story of an elderly oh. pedophile who runs around the high school picking up underage That's girls. Good. Leonard, how would you like to score? Uh, I, 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 I'm sorry. I forgot what Steve's answer was, but I remember liking it. What was what, what was your answer again, Steve? Uh, Leon the Professional. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So also like, another movie about borderline pedophilia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to make sure I don't want to have any sort of sort of like connection with giving Steve points for. Uh, so Marie, since you're right next to Steve, Marie gets 300 points. 300 points uh, for uh, proximity. That's rough. That's rough. <laughs> Right. I messed up. <laughs> Our next movie, and technically correct, it is the story of a woman who is committed to overcome supply chain difficulties to launch her new clothing line. Who has the first answer? Nate. Uh, 27 dresses. 27 dresses. He, he could next be white, answer. Right, for all I know. I'm going to go with Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich. 27 Dresses and Aaron Brockovich. Steve, did you have an answer? Yeah, Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Molly? Um, The Devil Wears Prada. Devil, Prada. Good answer. Nate. Not Nate. You already gave me. Uh, Leonard, do you have an answer? Would you like to play along with this? I'm going to guess Supergirl. <laughs> the answer is, of course, 101 Dalmatians. Oh. Yes, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> And, uh, Leonard, how would you like to score that? Oh, uh, God, I've, I've spent too much time thinking about my own answer. I forgot everybody else's answers. <laughs> <laughs> we have 27 dresses, Aaron Brockovich. Kill Bill. Oh, Kill, Kill Bill. Bill. Devil yeah. wears Prada. And Devil Wears Prada. I like Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Kill Bill. 600. 600. 600. Kill Bill. Oh, I'm sorry. I need those points. 200 points to Molly for mean face again. Yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Molly is pounding her way to the win. <laughs> <laughs> wow, unbelievable. All right. Our final movie oh. in Technically Correct. A creature teaches a child magic so he can defeat his father. Oh. A creature oh. teaches a child magic so he can defeat his father. Steve. Uh, I was going to say uh, Star Wars A New Hope. Star Wars A New Hope. Molly. I'm going to go with Never Ending Story. That's what I was going to go never with. Never Ending gonna, Story. I'm going to second Molly's Never Ending Story. Two for Never Ending Story, one for A New Hope. Nate. Wait, can I make an uh, amendment? Yes. I'm going to say The Empire Strikes Back, actually. is my Empire answer. Strikes Back, New Hope to Empire Strikes Back. Nate, you're just your nerd points. Pete's <laughs> Dragon. What? Pete's Dragon. Pete's Dragon. <laughs> what did you Leonard, say? Leonard, would you like to? I don't know what language that first Pete's one Dragon. <laughs> Leonard, would you like to give it a try? Uh, so Steve gets 200 nerd points. So that was And good. Leonard, you nailed it. It is Empire Strikes Back. Steve, good job. <laughs> that leads us to the conclusion of our assembly and today's moral. The moral of what we learned tonight, looking back on all of our games and challenges on the interview and on each other, is simply this. If at first you don't succeed, try an angry face. All right, so our final scores for tonight. We have 
in last place myself with 1,601 points. Next, we have Nate Green with 2,000 <laughs> points, followed by Steve Corning with 2,260 points. Next, is it Marie or is it Molly? It's <laughs> Marie has 2,570 points. Our winner, our new reigning champion, defeating Nate Green is the Molly running woman. with an even 3,000 points. Oh, oh. wow. Unbelievable. Rigged, though. It was rigged. But it was not. So Thank good. you. So good. I, I get the credit. Love the judge, I guess. What's I gotta that? work my angry face. <laughs> I know. That's it for tonight. This has oh. been Balderdash Academy. Thank you for joining our assembly. Again, our faculty is Professor Molly McGill with English, English Language Arts, Nate Green from Guidance, Professor Marie Stewart Harmon from Home Ec and Wellness. We have Coach Steve Corning, coach of the Balder Dash Dashers, and our visiting professor, Leonard Kimball. I am Bob LeBlanc. You can find us online at balderdashacademy.com. You can find the River, Com uh, River Comics at theRiverComics.com. Leonard, thank you for being a part of our assembly tonight. It's Thank been a you. pleasure. Once again, I'm Headmaster of Balderdash Academy. We'll see you later. To purchase Balderdash Academy merchandise or to support the show directly, visit balderdashacademy.com. Balderdash Academy was created by Bob LeBlanc and Steve Corning. With writing by Steve Corning, Nate Green, Bob LeBlanc, Molly McGill, and Marie Stewart Harmon. Our executive producer is Bob LeBlanc. Find us online at balderdashacademy.com. The Balderdash Academy theme song, A Beat at Bedtime, featuring Sapien Alien by Think Fish Tank. Copyright 2018, Steve Corning, all rights reserved. Audio and text copyright 2020 by Robert J. LeBlanc. All rights reserved. Loving what you're hearing? Now imagine if you could actually see Molly's point-winning angry face, Marie's up-close-and-personal lean-in, Nate's... Where, where is he now? Is he in the bathroom still? Steve's coveted sweatband and Bob's juggling of all things tech. Yeah... It gets pretty wild. See all this and more by catching episodes on Balderdash Academy's YouTube channel.